it's very rare you hear about female killers. When thinking about serial killers, you typically associate them with the male gender. In fact, only 10% of the total murders that are done in the United States are done by women. Interestingly enough, women are responsible for 17% of all serial killers. But what helps to explain these statistics? Criminology expert Maida Chesney Lind has devoted her time to examining the sociology of women, gender, and crime. She believes that some sociology of it points to traditional gender roles where boys are raised to be dominant and competitive while girls are bred to be nurturing and gentle. Other people believe it is a matter of evolved sexual differences related to competition for status and female partners. But not all serial killers are demented men. However, none of this explains the mystique around these dark beauties. What motivates these women and how are they different from their male counterparts? Welcome to Dark Chronicles. In this show, we talk about books, true crime, dark history, gothic architecture, and the paranormal. Now, what do these all have in common? It's all dark. In this episode today, we are talking about female serial killers. Our first topic is dying for love. Canadian-born Carla Homoka assisted her husband Paul Bernardo in the rape and murder of at least three minors in Ontario, Canada between the years of 1991 and 1992. As a result of a plea bargain, Homoka only served 12 years for only two of the murders after stating that she was an unwilling accomplice. After her sentencing, a video surfaced to the contrary, and the deal she had struck with prosecutors was dubbed the deal with the devil. Martha Beck and her partner Raymond Martinez Hernandez Fernandez, sorry, predates Carla and Paul as the Lonely Hearts Killer. They are responsible for seducing, robbing, and killing four women through personal newspaper ads. Black Widow serial killers like Judy Buenoano were arrested after attempting to kill her fiance, her fiance by a car explosion to benefit from $100,000 in insurance money. It was later discovered that this wasn't the first time she has done something of this nature. She had killed her former husband, boyfriend, and even her son for the same reason in the 1970s and 1980s. Just a spoonful of arsenic to make it all better. Some historical female murderers, such as Gash Gotefried, born in the late 18th century, were successful based on appearances as well as the subtlety of the crimes. Gotefried responded to an unhappy marriage by adding poison to her husband's breakfast. A year later, she would go on to poison both of her parents and two of her children, her third child, second husband, and another unknown love interest. 
based on her attractive, strong, steadfast persona in the face of adversity, she would be praised as the Angel of Bremen. It was a neighbor's discovery of arsenic on a salad that led to her public execution. In the 19th century, history seemingly repeated itself when Tilly Kromek, a Polish-American fortune teller, predicted then murdered husbands, relatives, and neighbors, including a neighbor's dog, by poisoning them with arsenic. The Caregivers Madame Delphine La Lorie came from a privileged background and relied on her status as a slave owner to cover up her crimes. Over a four-year period, the deaths of 12 slaves were registered without cause. A fire caused because a female slave was chained to a stove led to the discovery of many other victims who were imprisoned in La Lurie's care, including evidence of scars and mutilations. A mob scene ensued in which the mansion was burned down in the process. La Lurie did, in fact, unfortunately, escape. Ironically, with the help of a slave during the chaos. Can you imagine? Like, oh, I'm going to unload these slaves, treat them horribly, and yet I'm going to use one of them to escape my inevitable death. Either that's some loyalty on the slave's part, or she must be manipulative as hell. Uh, let's see here. Other women involved in crime posed as kind and nurturing caregivers to gain access to the victims. Amongst the most notorious female ser- serial killers in history, there is this one woman, Amelia Dyer, who was accused of infanticide. Now, the Victorian nurse and baby farmer starved, strangled, and drugged hundreds of babies in the 19th century. Similarly, Danish serial, serial killer Dagmar Overby strangled, drowned, or burned between 9 and 25 children to death in a seven-year period during the early 20th century, then cremated the bodies of the children that hadn't been burned to death, I guess. Because, I don't know, how would you cremate a body when the victim was burned to death? That, that doesn't make any sense. Unless, mm, no, no, nope, okay, never mind. Moving on, there was also an English woman known as Jolly Jane Topan, who killed more than 31 of her patients by poison between 1880 and 1901. Additionally, Janine Jones, a licensed vocational nurse, injected 60 infants and children in her care with a deadly cocktail to induce medical crises leading to their deaths. Well, okay then.
Um, warning, this is about to get extremely graphic, so if you have a weak stomach, either skip forward or just don't listen at this point. Okay, let's see here. Capital punishment, worthy crimes. Historically, the more favored consequence for murder is often death, especially in more prominent Christianity-heavy areas where religion is the sole base for the legal system and the saying, an eye for an eye, from the Bible, Exodus, page 21, line 23 to line 27, is a very coveted belief. Uh, Martha M. Place, September, she was born on September 18th, 1849, was an American murderer and the first woman to ever die in the electric chair. She was executed on March 20th, 1899 at Sing Sing, Connecticut facility for the murder of her stepdaughter, Ida Place. Ruth Ellis, uh, born on October 9th, died July 13th, 1955, was a British nightclub hostess and convicted murderer who became the last woman to be hanged in the United Kingdom at H.M. Prison Holloway following the shooting of her dead lover, David Blakely. Experts say that women are not as likely to torture their victims or commit acts of cannibalism or necrophilia. However, there are plenty of examples of women working alone, that's important to note, that are very effective in committing premeditated, horrific murders. Eileen Warnos, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Please correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong. Um, a woman who was abused, and highway prostitute was considered one of America's most prolific female serial killers of all time. Her crime was shooting dead point blank and robbing seven of her male clients between 1989 and 1990, born out of rage from a lifetime of rape and beatings. Her punishment was death by lethal injection. Now, to this day, not much is known about female serial killers and their tendencies, which is much different from men than much we know. Experts believe that there is a greater number of women serial killers because of their tendency to blend in with the crowd. Now, I'm sad to say that this episode was a short one, but that is it for today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it, and next episode, I will be talking about Dracula and his story and his origin story and all that, so that one will be a bit longer. I hope you all love this episode again. 
And until next time, don't murder anybody and keep it dark, but not too dark.